We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It's November 1st. Yes, November is here and upon us. It's 2023. We have 13 basketball games to talk about here on today's podcast. Joined today by my buddy Keith Eister. Eyes, 819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Stevie, I'm. Are you sure that's you, Stevie? Like <laughs> anybody not watch, watching the video feed, we've got a little Halloween hangover going on here. It looks like. Um, is that the Mad Hatter? What I was on with Spider Man earlier. TJ and I did Crunch Time. Uh, so I've, I've done a show with Spider Man today. What do we oh, got someone, going on over there? Someone said Slash. I should have went with Slash, but yeah, Mad Hatter. <laughs> um, the kids. I think it was two, two or three years, four years. I don't know. I can't remember. We did. Uh, my wife was the queen of hearts. I was the Mad Hatter and her daughter um, dressed up as well. So it was fun. Uh, but yeah, I always like, so I don't ever wear costumes unless like the family does it, but I always have the Mad Hatter wig and the hat. So I was rocking it, but it's itchy and it's probably not going to last long. 
can barely hear Keith. So <laughs> my head. But listen, what you don't know, Richie, is I have a fan that's by my feet that I um, always have on. So unless I can't find the remote, but I know where the remote is right now. So uh, it's a always running joke. It, 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 it is a running <laughs> joke. Yes. So Keith, 13 games to talk about here today. Um, man, big slate. Yeah, huge slate. Uh, all kinds of injury news that we're going to be waiting on, too. Feels like NBA has gotten just thrown us right in the, the middle of like midseason injury form. I feel like the beginning of the season is usually pretty calm, but it has not started out this way. There's been a ton of, ton of injuries, ton of teams playing shorthanded already. So I think we're going to see a lot more of the, stay, the same uh, on this massive slate. Uh, tr- big trades like right at the beginning yeah. of the season yeah. like um nfl trade deadline went down here on tuesday recording on tuesday night like always what's up youtube hope you're having a fantastic halloween hope you enjoyed it um no i don't point the fan up it's just on my <laughs> legs <laughs> and it's to the side <laughs> um but yeah i mean nba uh, even on the three game slate, like you mentioned, like for yesterday's slate, like so much going on already that it feels like we're playing February basketball already. Um, so I don't know. I was I was talking to someone about this um, yesterday, actually, and I was like, the NBA just almost needs to do what the NFL do- has done, where like an hour and a half you have to have like your inactives, like an hour and a half before the game, you have to have your inactives at least at that point. Like we would know, right? We would just know that at least seven o'clock, we have plenty of time. The ten o'clock games, you could check back in, you know, during pre-lock and stuff. And I just feel like the NBA has to do something like that because it's just a mess. It's just a mess. And like fantasy has been around now, but like betting is becoming more and more popular. And like you know, these leagues are benefiting a ton from betting i mean people watch games and stuff because of betting and like i I feel like it just has to get to a point where something has to change with the nba baseball we get lineups three hours ahead of time football we get inactives an hour and a half before game time nba we find out two minutes before lock sometimes that (laughs) someone's not going to play and it's just it's just i I feel like something has to change with nba and I, i know i'm like preaching to the choir and we're like four games in but i just i'm already over it Man, I can tell you, as a guy that does projections and is responsible for getting good numbers out to the people before these games lock, that would be just absolutely amazing. Um, already Saturday, I was on. OG Ananobi was questionable most of the day. Confirmed to be in um, like two hours before game time and then ruled out a, like an hour before the game. So like generally when a guy's questionable all day, we'll have our what if projections set up or whatever. And it's a quick copy and paste and we can get the new stuff in right away. But once a beat reporter, and it wasn't just one beat reporter, it was like three that confirmed that OG was going to play on Saturday. And then just out of nowhere, boom, OG is out. So situations like that are, are just really hectic from a projection standpoint. And like you said, with like sports betting and things like that, um, if you guys were like, Obviously, we want to take advantage of situations like that. OG out means more usage for for guys like Siakam or Barnes or whoever. Um, if you went and made wagers based on um, OG being in, and then he gets ruled out, like that—that's just you've got your money in bad at that point. So, yeah, some much better reporting would be would be hugely appreciated. All right, we're not going to talk too much about the Tuesday slate. Um, man, the, the Cavs. And we, we, we're we going to talk about this game here in a minute because, like, it's a flip-flop back-to-back where 
like Cleveland played. They played in Cleveland on Tuesday night, and then they play in New York on Wednesday night. But man, that game disappointed. Um, there is a lot, and like you and I were talking about this, and I just really quickly wanted to talk about this on the podcast part of the show. But you and I were talking about this pre-show. Um, so I play single entry NBA. Everyone knows that I've talked about it for years. It's just how I play NBA. I have three kids. I can't do what I used to do. So I know knowing that I had like Max Strauss tonight and knowing that I was like way behind, I ended up pivoting even on three game slate, pivoting off of like Goodwin um, and Norman Powell to Trey Jones, who I knew was going to be really low owned. And I pivoted um, Powell to Highland and we don't have that ownership yet, but just kind of pivoting and just knowing like, I have a lot of catching up to do. And I know you, you played Mitchell and Strauss. So I know you were further behind and you just, you went all in. You're like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to catch up. And you're like, I'm taking Kevin Durant out and putting in Wimby. Um, Just really want, like, I feel like this is like a lost and forgotten art when it comes to NBA. Like if you're behind and this is any DFS sport, baseball, not as much. Uh, because I mean, a guy can hit four home runs and it's way different, but like NBA, NFL, if you're behind, like going into the four o'clock slate for NFL and you know, you're probably not going to catch up. Or if you're behind going into the nine o'clock games on a main slate for NBA, like it's okay to finish last in a contest because like one out of 10 times, it's like, I'm going to hit Kevin Durant. My role is ankle. I, no one wants that. Right. But Kevin Durant might roll his ankle in the first two minutes of the game, and now you're playing catch-up, and that's the only way that you were going to catch up anyway. So, like, finishing last, who cares? If you're not going to no. cash, you could finish one spot out of the cash with your chalky lineup and be like, oh, man, I should have cashed. One more rebound. Or you could be like, I finished last. Who cares? We move on to the next slate. But those times where, like, pivoting makes you money is why you're doing it. And, like, you're going to make more money by pivoting and, and like trying to catch up and i just wanted to like really quickly talk about this and i know um i'll let you talk about yours but you know you said hey i have mitchell i'm way behind i i have to do something i don't want to fade durant durant's the best play on the slate but this is the only chance i'm catching up tonight yeah exactly mitchell underperformed Struce way underperformed and like it's a three-game slate i know these guys have ownership um but the biggest one i played dean wade as well which i didn't want to do but he kind of made everything work um, but I got four, five points from D- Dean Wade. And I'm like, I'm so far behind anybody that has like these 4K guys, Norm Powell, B- Bones Island, um, all the Suns guys as well. Like, like I have no chance to win playing Durant. I need, I need Durant to fail or at least perform as Mitchell did. Um, like, so if I can fade that and he, pr- I don't know what his exact ownership is somewhere around 45%, I think. Um, if I can pass 45% of the field by getting a big score from another guy other than Kevin Durant, Durant puts up 40, just like Mitchell did. Um, but I can get 50 from somebody, um, like that's going to put me back in the running to like more than min cash. Like I'm not out here trying to min cash. I'm trying to get somewhere near the top of the tournament. Um, so the two guys that I found with, with huge ceiling Kawhi, he's going to be owned as well. Um, but I, I feel like he can outscore Durant and, and Wimbenyama, like, there's just we don't know what this guy is capable of. We've seen one 50 point game already, um, but he has the ceiling of Durant and he's going to be way, way less owned. So being that far behind, you just have to do some uncomfortable things 
Um, and, and then I just, whatever, however much money I had left, I filled out the other two spots, ended up with Wendell Carter Jr., who I think can can put up 40 in this spot as well. But it's not comfortable. I don't like my lineup near as much as I did at lock. But the way things unfolded in that first game, I felt like I had to make some moves. And like you said, I don't think enough people react to the information that they have. You have to. I mean, like, again, if you know you're you're probably not going to cash with like a player duds. I have a wide receiver get two catches in the early games, and I know that like I have a chalky combo. Throw in a Sam Howell low owned combo, and like it's not always going to work. It, it's probably going to work less than thirty percent of the time, but that's thirty percent more than you know not cashing and finning right. Oh, I finished right outside the cash line. Darn it! It's okay to finish last in contests, especially tournaments. All right, so um, just wanted to like. It, you and I had talked about it before the show and like it was fresh on my mind and I know we spent a few minutes on it, but um, I just wanted to refresh everybody with NBA and I, I find myself doing an NBA way more than I do it in any other sport. I do it with NFL as well, but I feel like NBA, like anybody can have a night and I know like I have to play catch up sometimes. So um, I, I find myself doing it with NBA way more than I do it with any other sport. So I do like, I, I do set it. I have an alarm on my phone for three three o'clock on Sunday to go through and see on teams like, it, do I need to play catch up? Do I need to do something different? So, I mean, I've been doing that for years. So, anyway, moving on. Basketball, thirteen games. It's gonna be a long podcast because it's thirteen games. We already killed a lot of time, but I felt like it was important. So, Milwaukee at Toronto, two twenty four and a half total. Milwaukee a five point favorite. Uh, Milwaukee good to go as far as the injury report. Uh, Toronto side. Uh, Precious is doubtful. So let's start with the Milwaukee side. Keith, I think everyone was kind of worried coming into the season what the usage was going to look like for Milwaukee. And I'm starting to get concerned about playing Giannis at this monster price tag. Um, Dame is not Drew Holiday. Dame is going to demand shots. Like Dame has a 28% usage rate and his assist rates higher than Giannis's. Like, now we're getting to the point where like Giannis isn't showing this like triple double upside. Like he's he's had three, three, and two assists in these three games. Like we're seeing Dame really cut into the assist numbers for Giannis. And the rebounding in general just has been better across the board for Milwaukee. I have a tough time playing Giannis or Dame. I think like if anything, maybe you go down, but this might be a team I'm just kind of staying away from. Um I think Malik Beasley might be the guy I take shots on in large field tournaments if I'm running like 150, but I think Damon Giannis's prices need to come down. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Like there's just not enough usage for them to get to the, the like last year's production even. Um, and then you put in, in this matchup as well. Toronto is the slowest team in the NBA through the first couple of games here this season. They've been playing solid enough defense. So, I'm with you. It's one of the, one of two early games, 13 game slate, so all kinds of news we could be waiting on still at this point. I'm I'm out on this Milwaukee side for sure and and mostly on the Toronto side as well because of how good Milwaukee plays defense. Um I, like Middleton, you can't play yet. He doesn't doesn't have enough minutes. The the price for Dame and Giannis is is too much at this point. Um there's there's really nothing I'm looking at here at at Milwaukee. Um I don't mind Beasley, but I think I'd rather just save the roster spots and and wait and see what news I can find out uh, later on in the slate. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton of interest in Milwaukee. I do like the Toronto side. Scotty Barnes is here to stay. His price is yep. catching up now. 
Um, I think that we just got to accept this new role from him. Like he's taken at least 14 shots in every game. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was, I don't know, like if I play him in DFS cause he is priced, I think appropriately, but in like the pick them, pick them like streets. Or like, if you are in a state where you prop bet Dennis Schroeder's assist rate is 40% through the first four games this season. He's had at least seven assists in each of the first four games. I don't think that's going to slow down. I, I think he's accepting this role of getting Barnes and Siakam and Gary Trent the ball. I, I think Dennis Schroeder is someone you're looking for in the Pickham streets on his assist total here. Or like I said, if you're in a state where you can bet like his assist prop, if it comes in at like six and a half, I think that we just continue to trust this like massive assist rate through the first four games. Yeah, those are the two guys I had circled for this game for this side as well. Um, Scotty Barnes has been playing incredible. Um, he's been a lot more involved. Uh, usage is up. Uh, he's handling the ball more. Um, had that triple-double uh, against Chicago. So Scotty Barnes, the price is coming up, as you said. Like I don't think he's a must-play or anything. But he has a different ceiling than the Scotty Barnes that we're used to. And then yeah. Schroeder just being like the true point guard in this, this spot. Um and Scotty Barnes playing a little bit of point too. Like they're not going to run Malachi Flynn out there for a ton of minutes. So it's Schroeder and, and uh, Scotty Barnes handling the ball most in this offense. I don't think I'm paying up for Siakam, but I do want a little bit of Barnes, a little bit of Schroeder. Uh, that's, that's about all I got here on Toronto. Yeah. And we should, uh, we should know OG will play in this game. Yeah. Portland Precious at doubtful, I think, but yeah, that's not a huge deal. Yeah. I don't think it matters too much. Portland at Detroit, 214 and a half total. Detroit, a four-point favorite. Uh, Simmons is out for Portland. Bogdanovich and Livers out for Detroit. My boy Jalen Duran got hurt the other night. Um, he's questionable. He's dealing with an ankle sprain. He wasn't going to crush the other night anyway, and that game kind of got a little out of hand. But, man, it stinks when you play someone and they get hurt. And nothing better than that. All right? I was being sarcastic. All right. Portland. <laughs> A team that, like, coming into the season, I was like, where is the usage going to go? And I feel like we're still pretty early in trying to figure out where the usage is going to go um, on the Portland side. But I think we have to take notice to, like, Brogdon playing this, like, really solid role. Um, I, I think we need to take notice into, like, Sharp is maybe the most groomed player, young player on this team right now. I know we all kind of want it to be Scoot Henderson, but, like, I mean, we're looking at Brogdon's 30% usage rate and we're like, is this going to continue? Um, I mean, I don't see it stopping. I, don't, I think this is a game you want to target overall. Um, Detroit's young. And I think that like we want to target Portland here. Yeah, this is going to be a much tougher game to fade of the two early games. Um, Brogdon is, is definitely the target here on Portland. Um, coming off the bench, but still playing plenty of minutes. Usage rate has been insane. Um, I just Scoot Henderson is just not ready. He's probably going to be the most talented player on this team eventually. Um, it may not be this year. It like he's going to get better every as the season goes on. He's going to get better and better. Um, but he looks really raw right now and not quite ready, which is understandable. He's like 19 years old. Um, so Brogdon is is the clear play. Shaden Sharp has had a nice role as well. Those are my two main targets. We did see Aiden pop off finally. Um, 20, he had 23 rebounds. Yeah, 23 rebounds. Um, usage is still not there for Aiden, but 6,500. 
Like Detroit has rebounded the ball really well, so I'm not sure this is a spot for Aiton. I definitely prefer the guards in Brogdon and Sharp. Um, but just worth noting that Aiton finally put together a good game here. Um, it's the, the two guards I think you want exposure to. Other than that, I'm I'm fine um, passing on Jeremy Grant and, and DeAndre Aiton. Yeah, I think if if we do get news that um, Duran ends up sitting in this game, I think that's a bump to Aiton um, just overall. So. Uh, pay attention to that news. I am a little concerned just in general about Aiton and like, is this going to be a spot that like Williams continues to take a few minutes um, when he's playing well. So we'll see uh, the game that like Deandre Aiton had a big game against Toronto was the game that they ended up sitting out um, Williams for rest purposes uh, early in the, early in the season here. So pay attention to, that but i i assume williams comes back and plays and uh, ayton's big game was with williams out uh sharp probably my favorite play here i, I do want to note that like it, it's not translating into a ton of fantasy production but um jeremiah grant has a really nice usage rate through the first four games he's it's 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 going to happen i don't know if it happens this game but it's going to happen where he has like a 40 45 plus fantasy point night and um his usage rate's too high. He's getting up enough shots. Um, he took 18 shots against Toronto the other night. I think in large field tournaments, Jeremiah Grant is someone that you have to have on your list um, if you're playing more than 20 teams. Detroit side of this game, I mean, the Duran news is huge uh, because if he were to sit, do they let James Wiseman go? I mean, is this a spot where I'm glad I'm not on the projection team because like you're going to have to kind of project whether or not it's going to be Bagley or Wiseman. I assume Bagley starts if Duran doesn't play, but I mean, James Wiseman is like (laughs) this first round pick from 2020 that just hasn't, it just hasn't worked out yet. And like he came out of college and he was extremely talented. So, I mean, I, I would probably assume that we are taking shots on like Isaiah Stewart and Bagley first, but man, could this be the spot Wiseman finally gets a chance? Or do we think that maybe they move Stewart to the five and, you know, get Thompson some extra minutes? I would love that because Thompson looks fantastic. So um, this is a game that I really like. I really like the Detroit side of this game as well. Even if Duren plays, I still have interest in Thompson, um, still have interest in Cunningham. And I, I would probably have interest in Duren um, if they say the sprained ankle is good to go and he's going to get his normal minutes. Yeah, I mean, we have to like this Portland matchup is going to be an exploitable one all season long. Uh, they just they're not going to play any defense this year, so you, I definitely have interest in the Detroit side. Um, I like Duren's price is coming up, but he has been a machine through first three games. I, I know he was having a bit of a rough one there against Oklahoma City, and then and then dealt with the injury. But man, it looks like he's taken a massive leap forward here. So seven K is is a tough ask, but if he's going to grab somewhere between 12 and 15 boards a game. He's definitely going to be in play at that price. Uh, If he sits, I think it would be Bagley sliding into the starting lineup. And I think they have no choice, but to give Wiseman a little bit of run. I think they like Stewart at the, at the four. Um, He has really developed into like an outside shooter. He's taking a ton of three pointers. So like they just, they're, they're using Isaiah Stewart as almost a floor spacer at this point. Um, I think Bagley and Wiseman would be the guys playing down low. Um, so Bagley at 4k, assuming that he can stay out of foul trouble and get upwards of 28 to 30 minutes, he could be a smash in this spot. Wiseman 
probably looking at 20 to 22 minutes, but still like, like he has talent, hasn't put it together. Another guy who just follows too much, but three um, K minimum price. I think he would definitely be in play as well. And, and the Asar Thompson call love that as well. Kid looks really talented um, has rebounded at an extremely high rate um, to open the season. Like, I don't think anybody expected these rebounds, but like he just keeps on putting up production as a rebounder. Um, shots started to come around a little bit. He was struggling through the first three games, but six of 14 uh, in, in the last game against Oklahoma City still hasn't found his three-point stroke, but like early signs look really good on Asar Thompson. So 5,800, still too, too cheap for him. Um, even if Duren's in there, he's been seeing 30 minutes. So if there's a slight up upwards uh, mobility on the, that 30 minutes, uh, if if Duren does miss, then that's that's even better, but still too cheap for Thompson for sure. Indiana at Boston, 231 and a half total. Boston, a 10 and a half point favorite in this game. Uh, Halliburton is questionable. Matherin is questionable. And Jalen Smith is questionable. Um, doesn't sound like a lot, but a lot of news <laughs> here um, in this one because, like, obviously Halliburton is the the bit one of the biggest news uh, that we're going to be watching luckily we get this news somewhat early on the slate um if matherin sets too i mean that's huge as well he's dealing with like a little bit of an elbow issue i know he hasn't had like a big game yet but and then like jalen smith is a guy that's playing you know 15 to 20 minutes a night so overall we're watching all this news but i think the biggest news here is whether or not halliburton plays or not um he it sounded like he rolled his ankle a little bit and like stepped on like Jalen Smith's foot or something like that. So it's way too early in the season for someone to like push it. So if if he really is kind of acting up, I fully expect him to sit in this game. Um, especially in a game against Boston where you're ten and a half point dogs. I think that is, is something else we should mention. But uh talk to me here about the Pacers. Yeah, I mean, I I if Halliburton plays, I don't have a ton of interest just a really brutal matchup against Boston. If he's out, you have to have interest just because you're taking massive usage and assist rates off the floor. Uh, Nemhard is probably the guy that steps in for him. He's not super cheap. He's 5,100, but he should have an incredible role if Halliburton sits. Take Matherin off the floor as well, and then we're starting to talk about like best play on the slate type stuff for Nemhard. Um McConnell would enter the conversation a little bit at that point. They don't ever give him a ton of run. Um, but he should be projecting projected pretty well uh, if he can get like 24 minutes or something like that behind Nemhard. I think he's in play as well. Um, the Jalen Smith stuff, I'm that's not as big of a deal for me. I'm much more interested in like Halliburton, like his usage and his assist rate, uh, replacing that type of thing is is really the thing I'm watching here. Yeah, uh, I I don't want it to go overlooked, but if Halliburton sits, Buddy Heald should get up a ton of shots in this game. Um, like we might see him shoot 18 to 22 times in this game. So tough matchup for him overall. But I mean, the shots are something that we, we should have circled on our sheet. Um, if Halliburton sits and Matherin plays, I like Matherin. If they both sit, um, I think at that point, like you mentioned, Numhard, McConnell. The other news that like, because of like when you're considering price of these guys, if Jalen Smith sits, I, I think Obi Toppin and Neesmith are really interesting uh, because like Obi Toppin played 24 minutes the other night. Like if he were to get 28 minutes in this game, he has a little bit of upside. Uh, but like if Neesmith, who's been in that like 23 to 30 minute range, if he got like 32 minutes in this game, even in a tougher matchup, they might let him go in the fourth quarter 
like stay on the floor and play a little bit in garbage time. So like he might not be someone at the eight minute mark if this game is like a 20 point game that comes off the floor. So watching the Jalen Smith news, definitely watching the Halliburton news, but I think for like thinking outside the box tournament, watching um, the Jalen Smith news as well um, here. I don't know how much math really matters to be honest. Like he, it's not like he's playing 35 minutes a night. He his matters. usage is when we like his usage was awesome with the second unit last season. Uh, yeah. It has not been as strong with the first unit this season. It happens that way sometimes too. Yep, definitely. All right, uh, Boston side of this game, they're a really good team. I mean, it, it's just, they're going to have games like we saw the other night. Like Jalen Brown's like, all right, my time, my turn. Yeah. He shot twenty four times and he shot eight for thirteen from three and scored almost sixty fantasy points maybe the one of the most impossible teams to figure out this season is going to be the Boston Celtics. They have four really good players and not saying like white and Horford and these guys are not good players. Tatum, Porzingis, Brown and drew are four players that could go on to any other team and produce. Um, so I mean, on a nightly basis, it's tough. I, I still think drew is priced the most favorable for us, but I mean, we saw the other night what Jalen Brown can do. We know that Porzingis is going to demand shots. I just don't think, I don't think Porzingis has the ceiling as like a Tatum and Brown. I think those guys can kind of generate their own shots. Overall, I don't have a ton of interest here. Um, it's just not a game that I love. If anything, maybe continuing to take shots of like Derek White off the bench. But I'm not going out of my way to play Boston here. Yeah, I'm worried about the the blowout risk for sure if Halliburton sits. But at the same time, I know I would have Indiana exposure if Halliburton sat as well. So I might want to run it back with a Celtic and just hope that Indiana can keep up that way and just a, a way to play cheaper Indiana players uh, and get a little bit unique with my lineup. The, the Brown price, I think, is the one that jumps off the page to me. We just saw the ceiling. Um, he doesn't even need to do that much. Um, like, 30 points is, is good to where he gets to like 45 DK like that. That's useful at, at 7,700. Um, the matchup is outstanding. Indiana plays really fast. Uh, they're not good on defense. So I, I don't hate taking shots. I think I only do it though. Um, if Halliburton sits just be, otherwise I feel like I can just avoid this game. Um, I, I don't want to use an expensive stack like Tatum Halliburton or even Brown Brown Halliburton. So if Tatum is out, I take a little closer look at, at guys like Jalen Brown and and maybe Porzingis. I think I kind of agree with you that I'm not sure the ceiling is there playing next to Tatum and Brown. Um, I think Tatum. I'd go try to get up to Tatum before I went to Porzingis, but we'll see what the news news breaks out. Um, a game I'm hoping to be able to avoid. All right, Washington at Atlanta, 237 and a half total in this game. Atlanta, an eight-point favorite here. Um, again, some big news that we're going to be watching in this game. Gafford's questionable on Washington. That's not what I'm talking about. Trey Young is questionable on Atlanta, and then Matthews is out. Trey Young would be huge. Um, I mean, Washington has been one of the worst defensive teams through the first few games here, and I know it's really early to look at that, but um, Atlanta hasn't been much better and Washington and Atlanta are both inside the top eight in pace. They like to push the pace. This game is going to have a lot of pace with a lot of scoring and very little defense. Um, let's go to the Washington side first here. I mean, I haven't, 
I haven't played Jordan Poole a lot. I don't know if I've played him at all. I think this is the spot that we're looking at him. I think we're looking at Tyus Jones. Luckily, like Tyus Jones' price has come up a little bit where I feel like it might scare some people off. I think Gafford being questionable, if he were to sit in this game, you know, I, I think that could potentially bump up some of these other guys, but not as much as like my love for Poole, Kuzma, Jones in this spot. It just, this is a game stack for me. I, I think this is a game where you can get three to five pieces and just say, this game is going to be high scoring and I want exposure to a game stack. Yeah, I, I was surprised to see the Washington pace leading the NBA, like you said. Um, very surprising. Atlanta is eighth. So this is an awesome game environment here. Uh, no defense being played either. Washington is second worst in defensive rating. And you said it's early in the season, but just looking at this roster, that makes sense. I feel like that's going to be sticky. Uh, Poole is a guy that, that likes to push the pace but doesn't play a ton of defense. Kuzma is not great on the defensive end. So I I could see this team struggling on defense for sure all, all season long. Gafford inside is is not a great defender. Um, and then they have like guys behind them like Kisper who doesn't play defense at all. So I feel like this Washington team is this Washington team is going to be a team that we're looking at game stacks quite a bit. Um, like we know where the usage is going, Poole and Kuzma. Tyus, as long as he's cheap, is going to be in play as well. So I'm with you. Like those are my three favorites. I think you can sprinkle in a little Avdia as well. Um, a little worried about the usage early in the season, but he's a guy that can get hot shooting it, and we could see a decent game from him. He can rebound a little bit as well. If Gafford is out, we saw this um, last game, I believe it was. They started Koulibaly over somebody like Muscala. So I don't know that I have any interest in those guys on a huge slate. Um, but just for the game environment, Pool Kuzma, Tyus, I, I do have interest in. Josh in chat says he's seeing Washington 15th in pace. I don't know um, if Hollinger is using preseason data or not, but um, if you go to NBA.com, and go to stats and filter to advance. Uh, I love using the NBA official stats. Um, yeah. That's where I'm going to, if you ever hear me reference like stats, defensive rating, offensive rating, assist rates, stuff like that. 95% of the time, it's going to be NBA stats or court IQ. Um, that's the, those are like the two main things that I use for NBA when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, Atlanta side of this game, Keith, Trey Young is huge here. Because if he sits, DeJounte Murray is the best play on the slate. Don't overthink this. Play DeJounte Murray. If Trey Young plays, I still have a ton of interest in DeJounte Murray. I think this is a spot where DeJounte Murray is appropriately priced and a, a fantastic game. Still have some interest in Capella. His price is kind of priced appropriately. Have a ton of interest in Jalen Johnson. I know he kind of busted the other night. It wasn't necessarily a terrible game. He just didn't have like the rebounding numbers and he only had like shot seven shot attempts, even though they were like good and good shot attempts, they just kind of blew that game away. I think this is a great spot bounce back spot for him. Um, I mean, you can get into some of these secondary pieces like Bogdanovich and Bay. If like young sits um, Bogdanovich is not playing a ton of minutes. So, like I really want to see Trey young sit on a 13 game slate for me to get to like Bogdanovich. I think Bay would I think they just kind of shorten the rotations a little bit with Trey Young out if he sits. So um, I think all these guys would get a bump here. I want a Kongu to be a thing. He's playing enough minutes where he would be really close to being a thing. His his fantasy point per minute production is just so good. It's just like, come on, man, let's go. Um, 
What are your thoughts here on the Atlanta side? If Trey Young sits, they're going to be my highest uh, exposed team for sure. Murray would be an absolute smash at 7,300. He's a 9K player if Trey Young is off the floor. Um, should see massive usage rates. Should handle the ball a ton, rack up assists. Uh, legit triple-double upside in this matchup if if Trey Young sits. Um, I like the Jalen Johnson thing as well. A dude that's been playing significant minutes this season, has been rebounding well, um, gets enough usage. 5,400 is still too cheap in a great matchup, so I like that. Capella, if Gafford is out, like who is going to stop Capella from grabbing 15 rebounds in the spot? Like <laughs> Washington's not a great rebounding team anyway. Without Gafford, I think Capella could legitimately put up 15 rebounds. Um, so I would, I would have interest, especially if Gafford misses, um, if Trey is in, I think DeJounte is the only play I'm really looking at here. I agree with you that his, he's just kind of priced appropriately and the matchup is outstanding. So you can certainly stay, take shots on, on DeJounte, even if, if Trey misses or if Trey is in. Yeah. I was kind of looking, um, on game flow to try to see like who's getting, the backup like five minutes um, to try to project like what would happen here. And like, I don't even know um, because like they, I, it would probably be Gallinari or Casperit. Like <laughs> in like Kala a little, but yeah, it's, it's, there is not a true big behind Gafford at all on this team. Right. I mean, yeah. And I, they, they really haven't shown that like, Washington really hasn't shown that like they want to use Muscala and that's understandable. So um, I don't know. Like I, I agree with you on the Capella point. That's what all I was trying to get to was uh, he's another guy that like I have circled and I have wrote, like written down already um, to see what his pick em, um projection comes out at for his rebound number. Um, or if you're in the sports books, there's just no NBA stuff up yet. So I was, uh, he's another one that I had written down earlier today. Yeah, if, if he comes out at like 11 and a half rebounds, I'd, I'd be smashing that. He has been coming in at like nine and a half and like 10 yeah. and a half. So um, paying attention to that one. All right. New Orleans at OKC. 225 and a half total. The Thunder, a three and a half point favorite. Alvarado, Marshall out. Ingram questionable on the New Orleans side. And then both Williams out for the Thunder. That is Jalen and Kendrick. Uh, New Orleans first, Ingram sits. Obviously, that's going to be a bump. Um, we have a one-game sample size to kind of look at with that. Uh, what do you like here for the Pelicans? Yeah, Ingram sitting, jammed them in, jammed as many Pelicans as I could fit uh, last, I think it was Sunday or Saturday maybe, uh, when Ingram got ruled out. It was Monday, Zion just, it? I think it was Monday. I think it was Monday. Monday. Yeah. yeah, you might be right. Um Zion's just not playing enough minutes at this point, I don't think. Uh, he, he's he been sitting right around 30 minutes like the whole season. So I don't think they're going to push him. Um, I would lean to McCollum over Zion if Ingram does get ruled out. He He's too cheap in that spot. Uh, 7,200 would see a huge uptick in usage. Valanchunas would be in play as well. Um, tried some Herb Jones last time. That didn't work out. The, the one guy who did kind of work out is Jordan Hawkins. Um his price is up a little bit now to 3,800. He was 3,200 on, on Monday. Um, but like that's still a value play if Ingram misses. Ingram plays in this game. I'm, I have a little interest in Ingram, but that's about it. I would have far less interest in this game if he's if he's in there. 
Yeah, if Ingram sits, um, I think Hawkins is one of the best value plays on the entire slate, kind of looking at the game flow of that one. He got the fourth quarter like garbage minutes against Golden State where he he was on the floor uh, for the last four minutes of that game. He had played 30 minutes before then. He closed in the second quarter. He played a, a really long stretch in the first quarter. He didn't take a long break in the second quarter um, and did the same thing in the third quarter. So like Looking at game flow, I think Jordan Hawkins, if Ingram sits, he's just too cheap um, for the opportunity he's going to have. Um, so I agree with you. If if Ingram is out, I have a ton of interest in C.J. McCollum. We know Zion's ceiling is massive, but I feel like he's kind of capped minutes-wise. Um, yeah. They did bring him back early in the fourth in that Golden State game, and that game just continued to get out of hand. So had they let him play the last five minutes of that game. He would have been, you know, 35 minutes in that game if it was a close game. So would they have kept him out there? That's a huge question mark. We don't know. Um, so can this game, if it stays close, will they give him that extra five minutes? Um, so 30 minutes was really like a good sign. And like, he only came out because of the blowout. Um, he checked out at the same time, like CJ McCollum and Valanchunas checked out. So I think large field tournament stuff, you, you could attack the ceiling for Zion, but at 8,800 on DraftKings, I don't have FanDuel up in front of me. Um, you, you're just really hoping that he gets that 35-minute number. He Could he have ceiling at 30 minutes at 8,800? Yeah. His ceiling just goes up a lot more. Because if, like, if he averages two fantasy points per minute and like you're getting that extra 10 fantasy points if he gets the extra five minutes, that's huge for 8,800. So really like Jordan Hawkins. If Ingram sits, really like Jordan Hawkins. Um, the other guy that I wanted to bring up was Matt Ryan. He played 27 minutes. Um, he got a little bit of garbage run, garbage time run, but he played 26 minutes a game before that. Um, I've read some really good reports about him and, um, how they want to use this guy. So like if Ingram sits, I think you could take shots on Matt Ryan too at 3,400. No, it's not Atlanta Falcons. Um, Matt Ryan. All right. (laughs) Thunder side of this game. Um, I mean, really impressed, again, just every time I watch SGA play. Um, I Just very, very talented. Um, Holmgreen is starting to show that he's very talented. His price has just caught up. I mean, he's shown that he has that, like, ceiling to have these big games. So I don't think he's someone you want to, like, cross off. Um, Jalen Williams continues to play really well. I like the Thunder, Keith, because, like, if I'm playing these guys, there's four guys. It's Giddy. It's SGA, it's Holmgren, it's Jalen Williams. And, like, I don't have to play anybody else on this team, and I feel okay. I know Lou Dort will have games from time to time. He's just not my favorite play from this team. He has to shoot so lights out to get there. Um, I just I can play one of those or two of those four guys and move on. Yep, I think you nailed it. Same four guys for me, SGA. And I'll, I'll go ahead and rank them, too. I, SGA, Holmgren, Williams, Giddy would be fourth for me. Um, Jalen Williams is just too cheap for his role. We've seen his usage come up this season. Really nice. Let's this Thunder team is talented. There's a lot of young talent on this team. Uh, Chet has played really well. Um, he adds upside with his block ability. Uh, four blocks again in the last game. There's not many guys that have upside for like four or five blocks in a game. Uh, Wemby is obviously one of them, but Chet is on that same level with he can just rack up a ton of blocks. Um, usage has been been pretty solid rebounding is left a little bit to be desired which makes sense he's he's got a lot of filling out to do um still a little bit weak compared to 
for NBA standards. Um, but the scoring and and the shot blocking, like um, rim protection, has has looked really good. So I do like Chet a good amount as well. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention that I had wrote down on my notes was like SGA's assist rate um, looks really good and he's rebounding. Like SGA is quickly becoming like a triple double upside type play. Um, so like this is a guy that like didn't need triple doubles to get to 60. Now we're like considering him like triple double threat. Like this is a guy that can go for 80 and we don't talk about that very often. <laughs> like it's not Luca, but like his numbers are are really consistent and like, he's a guy that can add four or five steals too. like SGA. Um, every slate should be considered a top play and he doesn't, he doesn't get the ownership because like no one wants to pay 10, four for SGA and you should Brooklyn at Miami two twenty two and a half total in this game. Miami is six point favorite Brooklyn side Claxton out cam Johnson out DSJ and Dinwiddie doubtful, which is huge because with Dinwiddie doubtful and DSJ, doubtful that's a lot of the guard play talk about that in a second miami side butler questionable highsmith questionable caleb martin out um a lot of injury news on this game typically not a game that i would like have a ton of interest in like we get two teams that are not gonna really push the pace and i mean miami for years um they've been just a, a really solid defensive team not typically a game that i would have a lot of interest in, but now we're looking at too many people out not to have interest in this game. Um, I mean, Ben Simmons is going to have to play a lot of point in this game. And like, he's obviously someone that offers you some triple double upside. Bridges is going to get a little usage bump here with Dinwiddie out. Um, Cam Thomas is going to get a usage bump with Dinwiddie out. Finn, Finney Smith is going to have to play minutes. My question to you is, does Lonnie Walker get like a 30 minute game here? Um, like with all these guys potentially, I mean, with doubtful tags night before you don't typically see people play. I, I think Lonnie Walker is going to have to play minutes in this game. Um, I, I think like now we're like with D DSJ being out too, like it's another extra like 15 minutes. I just don't love the spot, but man, I love the minutes and I love the, the price tag here for Brooklyn. Yeah. You have to have interest here. Um, Claxton and Cam Johnson already out, um, have been out for a couple of games. And now you add Dinwiddie and DSJ to the mix as likely to miss as well. Um, Cam Thomas is a name that jumps off the page. Like, dude is just going to be chucking in this game. 6,600, um, believe he scored 30 actual points in all, all three games. Yep, 30, at least 30 points in all three games. Like, he is just a guy that can put it in the bucket anytime. Um, so I, I do like, he doesn't do a ton else, but he scores enough to be very much in play. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith put up an awesome game uh, on Monday. I don't know that we can expect that again, but he's certainly in play. Royce O'Neal disappointed on Monday. Another guy who should play 30 minutes in this spot. I think you can go back to Royce O'Neal despite the disappointing outing. Last game, um, he's not going to score a ton, but he generally does more peripherally than he did on Monday. Only two rebounds, zero assists and zero steals too. He did grab two, two blocks, but uh, he should rebound a little bit more. He should dish out a couple assists um, and then give you like eight to 12 um, actual points. So 4,700 for a guy that's going to play 30 plus minutes. Oh, Royce is in play as well. I think you're onto something here with, with Lonnie Walker. He is the guy um, who got a little extended run on Monday, 29 minutes in that one. Now you're, you're a full game without Dinwiddie. Like they just don't have any guards left. I think Lonnie could easily play 30 minutes in this spot. So like that call, another guy that he can score in bunches, um, doesn't do a ton peripherally, although he, he did 
do enough on on Monday. Um, I think you you definitely can be looking at going back to Lonnie Walker. So Lonnie Walker, um, again using Game Flow. If you haven't checked out Game Flow on Court IQ, you're missing out. Um, he played. Sure. He ended up playing. 17 second half minutes in that game and he started the second half um and that was with dsj still active like dsj got hurt in the third quarter of that game so like lonnie walker started the second half for dinwiddie checked in for and played a lot for dinwiddie when dinwiddie was hurt so i think lonnie walker starts in this game and i think he plays over 30 minutes in this game um and at 4800 again not the greatest matchup in the world but i mean like you said, he can he can score in bunches. Um, so the other guy I think could be in consideration for a start. Like if they just decide to go bigger and Dayron Sharp grabs a start, I'd still be really cautious on how many minutes he's going to play. Like I think twenty is maybe like a ceiling, um, but this is a, a massive per minute fantasy producer. So if Dayron Sharp happens to grab a start, he's interesting at forty five hundred. Yeah, so I mean, they just used a ton. So down the stretch, and again, they like they have so not, many wings, so they yeah. just don't need to go big. I know, like, but, but all their wings are out now. There are a lot of them. <laughs> oh, good old Ben Simmons is still there. You <laughs> yep. know, who, I mean, you know who should realistically eat in this game is Bam. Bam should eat in this game. Um, they really don't have anybody to match up with Bam in this game. Um, so I mean, shifting gears to the Miami side of this game, like. I mean, maybe with maybe this is the spot like they end up needing to use like sharp because they need him to play against Bam and like Bam abuses the inside early in the game. But I don't think they have anybody to match up with Bam. If Butler sits, Tyler Hero's too cheap. Um, I mean, that I think that's the direct correlation, especially with Martin already ruled out. Uh, the interesting thing here is like Richardson came back the other night. He played 23 minutes. Maybe he plays a couple extra minutes in this game. I think another one that we should mention is Kevin Love. If Butler sits, um, could play a couple extra minutes, but I'm not too crazy about that. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I think that Miami is an interesting team depending on who's in and who's out. Yeah, I don't have a ton of interest if Butler and Bam play, and Bam's probable, so it looks like he will, but if Butler's in, I don't, just don't have a ton of interest. It's a slower paced team. Um, yeah, I mean, not not much to add there. If if Butler misses, I love the hero call. I like the matchup for Bam as you touched on as well. Um, probably not going much deeper on that. It's it's Bam and Hero are the two targets, and I'm really only interested if if Butler's out. All right, moving on. We got Cleveland at New York. Hey, both of these teams are back to back. They played each other. I saw this game. Yep. Yeah, I know. They just played each other. Um, Someone in chat, I forget who it was, and I'm sorry. Oh, Derek posted that they announced that Mitchell says he will play the back-to-back. Don't be shocked if he gets ruled out. Um, That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. I know they announced that, but with a hamstring injury coming into Tuesday's game, and you just you always worry about hamstrings. So, um, oh, man, looking at this, like Garland's dealing with a hamstring. He sat Tuesday. Um, Levert's dealing with a hamstring, which kind of came out of um, nowhere. Maybe uh, my my thing here with this, Keith, is was this the classic Mitchell plays the first half. We give his hamstring a rest. It's really early in the season. Second half and Levert plays the second half because we rested him in the first half kind of thing. It could be, but I, I think that Levert is – 
did truly injure his hamstring. Um, I don't know. Like we we'll have to see. Um, if Mitchell says he's playing, I tend to believe him. Um, they they are so short-handed. Like uh, Garland's going to be out again. Allen's going to be out again. It, it's really Mitchell and Lavert that we're monitoring here. It wouldn't shock me to see Mitchell sit, but if he says he's playing, I just kind of have to trust that, which makes this a really unappealing game to me. Again, uh, I'm really only interested in the game if Mitchell is out. Uh, Mobley would become an awesome option in that. We saw his you should spike the last game that, that Mitchell missed. And Levert has had a ton of usage as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we just kind of have to keep an eye on whether those two guys are playing, but only really interested in this game if if uh, Mitchell is out. Yeah, I mean, just not a great game. The only reason that we played a lot of this game on Tuesday is because it's a three-game slate and there's a lot of people out. Um, I, I will say you mentioned, like, Allen and, like, him being out. He's getting really close. Um, I know he was practicing Monday. It was a bone bruise, so... That's like a pay, play through the pain kind of injury. Um, so, like, he's really close. So, watch that news. Um, I mean, there's potential that he plays in this game and that makes this game even worse. Um, I personally, this game, I don't have any interest on either side if everyone's good to go. Um, if they rule some people out on the second end of a back-to-back. But even looking through, like, Jalen Brunson played 34 minutes and Randall played 31 minutes. Everyone else on both sides is under 30 minutes in this game. I don't think we get a ton of people out if people start sitting. So not my favorite game. Do you have anything from the Knicks? I mean, Brunson for the upside is about the only thing. Uh, Quickly's price is adjusted enough where I don't love that as a play. Um, Yeah, that's about it. How do we make this game any different on our flights to New York for 100, (laughs) please? Denver at Minnesota, 223.5 total here. Denver, a three-point favorite. Both these teams are good to go. Um, everyone that has a question tag on DraftKings is probable on the injury report, so not worried about that. Going Denver first here. Um, I mean, Jokic is really good, and this is a, a spot where we could see him go for 70-plus. Um, if he doesn't go for 70-plus, like 60, I don't know if it's enough at 12K on a 13-game slate. Uh, what are your thoughts here on Denver. Yeah, I mean, I always want a little exposure to Jokic. I think I prefer Luka if I'm spending up. Um, I do prefer Jokic to Giannis if he's in the conversation. Um, but I think I get more exposure to Luka, just like the matchup a little bit better for him. Uh, Jamal Murray is always in play as well for the for the upside. Um, just 
I wouldn't play Jokic and Murray together. You just hope one of them has a ceiling game. I, I don't have a ton of interest. Michael Porter Jr. is still cheap enough. You could take shots, but I, I don't know how much I get there. Aaron Gordon's been playing well. Um, just Jokic and Murray do so much for this team. It's it's hard to play secondary pieces. Should be a competitive game though. So um, you could talk me into some a little uh, some of the other secondary pieces. Yeah, I mean, like how I mean, how does um, how does Jokic not get there? Well, I mean, he doesn't get there if like Murray or MPJ have a big game. So like, if you're not playing Jokic and you're like, all right, well, maybe Jokic goes for fifty tonight, fantasy points wise, and like. Who's going to benefit? I think it directly correlates with Murray and Porter Jr. Um, so I, I think that's how you would do that. But I agree with you, um, especially with Kyrie questionable. I, as of right now, I would have, I would definitely have um, Luca over Jokic. And I mean, Luca's just a beast. <laughs> Minnesota side, um, I mean, Edwards is going to be someone that we're going to talk about like a lot this year for like just scoring purposes. But like ninety three hundred is a is a tough ass for a guy. Um, he his assist rate is up, which is good to yep. see. Um, it's just a tough price tag. It's a tough matchup. If anything, maybe this is a spot we we take some shots on like Rudy Gobert, but I don't know if that's even like possible on like this big thirteen game slate. Yeah, I don't have much interest in this Minnesota side at all. Um, I I don't want to target Gobert against Jokic. Edwards, you can play for the ceiling, but this is it's just a slow-paced game. I, I don't have a ton of interest here. Um, uh, McDaniels came back last game, which affected uh, Nas Reed a little bit, uh, pulling up his minutes a little. He still played 24, but that, that 28 minutes in, in the game he smashed was nice. Not sure we can get that if McDaniels plays. Uh, it's Edwards or nothing, I think, here for me. Yeah, and again, like Edwards – probably be someone i lean more on like the pick them and prop side um than anything else yeah. and i think Jaden mcdaniels is super talented and we want to continue to closely watch his minutes because his minutes are going to get ramped like he's going to play more minutes um i don't know if this is necessarily a spot but we have mcdaniels as someone we definitely want to pay attention to charlotte at houston 224 total houston a one and a half point favorite on the charlotte side miles bridges is out cody martin is out nick lakina is out on the Houston side, Eason and Depot um, still out. Charlotte first. Um, what do we got here when we're looking at Charlotte? The, the Lamelo price is t- is tough at this point. They said they were going to try to keep him around thirty minutes most games. Uh, he's thirty three is the most he's played, so I think they're sticking to that. It's a great spot against Houston. It's a game that I want to target, but I don't know if I can play pay ninety six hundred for for Lamelo if he can only play thirty two thirty three minutes. Um, Rogier, I think is interesting at seven K. Uh, I, li- I like the game environment here. A guy we- we've seen him play a bunch of minutes. Mark Williams is off to a-, a solid start this season. I think he is in play. Um, obviously have to watch the foul trouble there, but he's like, if he can get 26 to 28 minutes, I think this is a fantastic spot for him. Um, PJ Washington is, is okay. Um, Brandon Miller off the bench has just kind of been like that guy that just comes in and ignites the offense. So Brandon Miller, I think is, is a little bit sneaky in this spot. Like Houston's a team that we want to target. So I'm, I'm looking for as many Charlotte pieces as I can find here. Um, Brandon Miller off the bench, I think is, is super interesting. Uh, two, two quick things. LaMelo foul trouble last game. Don't be too concerned about his minutes. I don't think, um, when he's good to go, he's good to go. 
Uh, Mark Williams, foul trouble against Detroit, only put 21 minutes. The Brooklyn game went super small. He didn't check back in after checking out in the third quarter of that game. He closed the first half of that game. So he was at 15 minutes the first half and just didn't come back and get his normal second half run. I think a lot of that had to do with Brandon Miller playing so well. Um, I mean, I keep pounding the drum on Brandon Miller. I think he's extremely talented. So I think this is actually an excellent spot for Mark Williams. And like, I think like people potentially off of him, if you game log, if you just click his name on game log, I think you're going to like it. Um, you know, I think ownership's going to be down and there's reasoning for both of the games that like he didn't get 30 minutes. There's reasoning. I don't think this game goes small. I think they need Mark Williams to go out there and play with Singoon and Singoon is a guy that's playing 30 plus minutes a night. So I think this is a great spot for Mark Williams bounce back. Um, I, Rozier, Ball, these guys are playable. And uh, again, like I'm going to keep saying it. I think Brandon Miller, his usage on the second unit is going to be massive. Um, he's playing on the second unit. Like they roll, they roll out like PJ Washington a lot in that second unit. But like he's playing with like Theo Maldon, Nick Richards, and JT Thor. <laughs> Brandon Miller is going to continue to have a huge usage rate because of who he's playing with. And like his usage rate is 21% but it's a lot higher once you take off like Rogier. Um, so again, like big usage with the second unit. He's a guy that can go six, seven X um, until he gets priced appropriate. I think we keep playing him. So I think Charlotte, a team that we can save some money on and take some Mark Williams, take some Miller. And as much as I hate to say it, take some PJ Washington. He's playing a ton of minutes. Um, a minute's equal opportunity. Houston's not a great rebounding team. I think PJ Washington, another guy. As much as I love Lonzo Ball and want to play him, I think this is a spot we save some money. Houston side, um, Van Vliet is, I just don't know if he's a, enough of a usage guy. I know he's going to have these games where he has like triple-double upside, so like, he's always in play. I think Sangoon smashes in the spot. I know we just got that talking about like Mark Williams. Um, Sangoon, like Charlotte's one of the worst teams against bigs, and I know they brought in Mark Williams. He's not much better. Um, love this spot for Sangoon, and I really like Jabari Smith in this spot. I think Jabari Smith has a lot of upside at 5,500. So those are my two main targets. Always got to mention Jalen Green. He's going to put up 20 shots on most nights. Um, he's just not going to get a ton of assists and stuff as with it. Yeah, I, I love the Sangoon call. I'm completely with, with you. I think this is a smash spot for him. Um, price tag is up there. I don't know how popular he's going to get, but We've seen the 50-point upside multiple times from him. Uh, can rack up a ton of rebounds and dish out enough assists. Uh, 50, 50 DK points, certainly within the range. At 7,700, that's awesome. Um, Jalen Green is the other guy that I, I like. Just 6,100, I feel like he has a massive ceiling uh, at that price tag. So I, I like Jalen Green a good, a good amount. Um, don't mind the Jabari Smith call. I can get to him a little bit too. Um, guy that contributes in, in most categories, 5,500. Minutes have looked really good last two games, um, 34 in the last one, 37 before that. So if he's going to be out there for 35-ish minutes, I'm, I'm on board with that at 5,500 for sure. All right, moving on. Chicago at Dallas, 225.5 total. Dallas, a 5.5-point favorite. Kyrie is questionable. Yes, Yeezy, Biggs against Charlotte. We're not stopping now. All right, Chicago side, um, I mean, they're good to go. Like, Levine is probable – I feel like we're going to get a question tag on him a lot this year with this back. Um, we finally saw Vooch kind of have a game the other night. Um, again, like 
really starting to see a trend with like big men against the Pacers. The Pacers not rebounding well to start the year. Just got to continue to watch that. I don't have a ton of interest in Chicago here. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's a 13 game slate. I mean, I potentially get some Kobe white, but I feel like by the end of this, by lock time, I feel like there's going to be better value than Kobe white. DeRozan, Vooch, Levine. If you want to play these guys in like a 150 script, just make a group of like zero to one. Cause I don't think just not, they're not guys that are going to typically all three get there. So like, just kind of take the ceiling and try to get the ceiling of one guy. Yep. I love that comment right there. Uh, You put all three of them in the same group, zero to one. I don't want any more than one Chicago player in any lineup, but I'm going to be playing enough Luca that maybe I want to just hope that the game goes nuts or goes to overtime or something. Levine and DeRozan can certainly find ceilings. They have played awful to start the season, Um, but they're generally guys who are priced in the 8K range. So there's certainly a ceiling here and you could throw Vooch in there as well. Uh, 7,200. For a guy that, I mean, he has 50-point upside. He just did it against Indiana. So one of these guys has potential to go for 50. If I can find that on the other side of a Luka 80, then you're cooking. So I, I love that call to put him, put all three in a group and play only one per lineup. But I, I don't mind exposure to any of the three. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my concern is like on the Dallas side is like who's going to match up against uh, Vooch? I mean, Maxi Kluber? No. <laughs> I mean, Lively, like Vooch might dominate if Derek Lively's yeah. out there. So, like, I think, like, if I had to rank them, I think Vooch. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top notch thanks to German engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. It'd probably be Vooch, Levine, DeRozan. Um... For me, DeRozan's consistent. He just doesn't like he doesn't have that like ceiling that Levine has, and I think that like the matchup provides more for Vooch. But um, on the Dallas side, if Kyrie's out, Luca's the best play in the slate. You start there, and you just kind of make it work. Uh, his usage with Kyrie on the floor is solid. His usage with Kyrie off the floor is insane. Um, <laughs> it, like he's he's the top play on the slate for me, regardless. But man, I I want definitely want him if um, Kyrie sits. Yeah. I mean, three, three games this season over 70 DK points in, in all three games. We don't need to say much about Luca. Um, there's going to be enough value by the time lock rolls around. And even into these games, there's plenty of news that we're waiting on. We're going to be able to find the value to get up to Luca. So he will be a primary part of my build. He's my favorite spend on the entire slate with or without Kyrie. 
kind of hope Kyrie plays so that Luca's ownership doesn't get out of hand because if Kyrie sits, like first thing everyone's going to do is click Luca in their lineups. Um, so hoping that Kyrie plays, that's he's Luca's really my only interest here, but it's extremely high interest. As it should be, my friend, <laughs> as it should be. All right, Memphis at Utah. And uh, really quick, like on the Dallas side, there's going to be some projections that, I mean, I think Hardaway projects pretty decently in this game if Kyrie sits. Um, Projection-wise, I mean, maybe this is a spot if Kyrie sits, you could play a little bit of um, Hardaway, a little bit of Green, a little bit of Williams type of play. Um, But Luka's the main play. Uh, And, like, I just wanted to hammer that home really quick. But projections and, like, building out teams, definitely going to have some interest in some of these Dallas secondary pieces. And, like, this is a spot you could do, like, a little two-man Luka and someone else stack. Luka... His assist rate goes somewhere. Um, I think Hardaway has the biggest upside of the group. All right. Memphis, Utah, 228.5. Utah, three-point favorite. Memphis, Adams, Clark, Morant out. Derek Rose out. Got hurt the other night. Um, Yeah, that's tough. Memphis side, I mean, Bain, this seems like a really good spot for Bain. We got to pay up for him, obviously. Um, I mean, Triple J has a big ceiling. His biggest thing is just staying out of foul trouble. But, like, you want him to be aggressive, though, because, like, his ceiling is definitely in the steals and the blocks. Um, what do you like here for Memphis? Yeah, I mean, prices on, on Bain and Triple J have come up, but Utah has been the worst defense in the league to start the season. So I think we still have to have interest. We've seen their ceilings. Uh, until John Morant gets back, these guys have massive ceilings. So. Seems like expensive prices, but it's a phenomenal matchup here, even going into Utah. Like, Utah is just not going to play any defense. Um, I do prefer Bain to Triple J. It's just – it's so hard to play Triple J with how often he gets into the foul trouble. But, man, he he can put up a ceiling at any point. So, probably want some exposure. Not necessarily a game stack for me, I think, but just targeting ceiling on those two guys I do like. If I was looking deeper, Tillman is a guy who's been playing solid minutes. Um Looked like he was going to be really productive to start the season, but it's fallen off a little bit last two games. Um, with Rose out, I do think that you could potentially take some shots on John Conchar. Like, I don't know exactly who runs the one behind Smart. Maybe it's just Bane slides over and they just alternate those guys a little bit, but there's a chance that Conchar could play a little point. Um, and like, if, if he has some assists upside here at 4k he's a good rebounder he's not going to score a ton but he could do enough peripherally if at 4k to be interesting probably get enough value on the slate where we don't need to consider him but just another name i wanted to throw out there yeah i mean derrick rose just had a terrible game the other night um and like maybe it's conchar the guy that i i have a little bit of interest in here i think like he plays enough minutes and is still kind of appropriately priced and he just needs to you know, score. I mean, he's getting rebounds. He has some like steel upside and stuff. Zareer Williams um, at 4,800, I think is another guy. He's getting starter minutes. Um, he checks out early in the first quarter, which is fine. Cause he comes back in the second quarter, him and Trey, him and triple J kind of run the second unit. Um, and we saw that a lot when Derek Rose left the game. So um, just kind of want to mention Williams as well. Rose did everyone dirty. that played him the other night. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, Utah side, Markinen, he has that upside. I just hate the price tag. Um, but, like, really, like, Utah's been a tough team to figure out to start the season. I think John Collins is consistent, but, like, 
I don't know if six X is enough on this slate. I, I know like THT is like super tilting, but like I think he has like that seven X upside that we want to maybe you know target in most matchups. So like he he's tilting. I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and say that he's not. Um, I just he's a guy that is going to have these games where he's going to put up 30 fantasy points, and we're like, oh, maybe I should have played him. I know he tilts me. And there's games that he puts up five fantasy points, but sometimes you just have to have that that DFS large field tournament mindset of, I don't care what happened the first four games. I know this guy has 7x upside, and I'm just going to take some shots on him. Yeah, I really wish they would just make THT's price like 6K so we didn't have to like think about it. But It went man, down. It, yeah, 4,900. <laughs> I think you have to consider it like 30 minutes in the last game. I don't know that I would expect that again. Very wide range of outcomes on the on the minutes for THT, but he's a solid producer if he gets the run. Um, so I, I'm with you. I think you just gotta gotta hold your nose and play him, uh, and know that you're gonna get burned just as much as as it's gonna work out. Um, Clarkson's kind of the same same type of thing. His m- minutes are definitely more secure, but um, he can certainly s- struggle with his shot and and just put up really rough games. But I think the uh, the shot volume that he does get, uh, there's upside there at 5600 probably just play one of these guys but uh it'd be tht or, or clarkson for me we should note like the two games that tht played 27 30 minutes 27 and 30 minutes were the two games that like utah kept close um so i mean that's just something to keep in the back of your mind when building out um i want olenic to play more i mean if you get the if you get the like game where olenic plays 25 minutes he crushes it's just Good luck figuring that out. They have John Collins, um, Taylor Hendricks this year. It, the The front court is really crowded. So, all right, the Battle of LA, the Clippers, the Lakers, two twenty and a half total or two twenty seven and a half total. Lakers a two point favorite. Um, Hatchamara doubtful. Vanderbilt out for the Lakers. Back to back for the Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi early in the year. Um, I know they reported that Paul George and um, Kawhi Leonard are to be determined. Um, so <laughs> uh, I I would be shocked if both of them play. I think one sits, if not both of them sit. I know the one thing that kind of ha- that we have going for us here as far as the Clippers is like they just traded a bunch of people like Covington, man, uh, or it was Covington, Batum, Martin. Marcus Morris. And Marcus Morris. Um, So, I mean, maybe they play. They're like, hey, can you guys play? Because we we are really shorthanded already. Um, What are your thoughts here on the Clippers? Yeah, I mean, we may not get this news either. It's because it's in the 10 o'clock window here. Um, But I'd be very concerned about Kawhi and Paul George. Kind of with you that one of them is likely sitting. Um, We'll see. I just pulled up the game that's going on right now as we're recording looks like a close game so far (laughs) pg and Kawhi both struggling mightily with their shot currently 0 for 11 from the floor it's 37 Um, (laughs) to 28 with five minutes to go in the second quarter yeah yikes um man tough scenes out there but um i don't think harden plays yet they're gonna get a full practice in i think before they'll just hold harden out in this one i don't know it's hard to say like if, if they both play, like I, I think they're fine. They're cheap enough where, where you can play them. I, I don't hate the matchup against the Lakers, but I'd be really concerned that one of them is sitting, if not both of them. 
I don't know. Um, we should Westbrook note too, maybe? really quick. We should note yeah. that Zubak came into Tuesday's game dealing with a quad injury, ended up playing, being probable and playing. But again, another guy that potentially sits. So like, maybe the Clippers just say we're punting this one and like sit George Kawhi and you know Zubak and just say, all right, Plumlee, Highland, Powell. There's a, there's Westbrook. a new rule. This is this is a, a national TV game. They can only sit one of PG or Kawhi. That's a new rule this season. So one of them will play. And if if one sits and one plays, then I think we're we have to have interest in the other one. How do you determine that though? Like, like your stars. <laughs> like if you're Russell Westbrook, you're like, what up? <laughs> I'm still playing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, all right, so say say one of them sits. We assume it'd be Kawhi. George would be a fantastic play, right? Yeah. Um, so, I yeah, I mean, pay attention to the news in this one. Maybe they both play, and then it doesn't matter as much. Um, if they both play, I think you could go back to Norman Powell and Bones Highland in this spot. I think that the minutes are going to be there. Um, like you said, I don't think James Harden plays in this game. Um, I don't know if James Harden plays for the next like four or five games. We'll see. We we have no idea what kind of shape James Harden is in right now. So, <laughs> and how oh man James Harden going to the L.A. scene? Ooh. <laughs> Rough times for us trying to project project um, James Harden. So that'd be fun. Lakers side of this game, I think Anthony Davis is priced down enough where we should be playing him in this spot. I think Anthony Davis should be like ten five. I don't see why like any reason why he should be nine eight. He had that rough game to start the season against Denver, but he's looked fantastic in the three next games. Um, and like Zubak is not going to slow this guy down. I think Anthony Davis is a phenomenal tournament play here. Yeah, I love the AD call. Um, it was really rough on opening night, like you mentioned, but has looked really good in the three games since then. So love that call. Too cheap for AD. LeBron, you worry about the minutes a little bit, but with having a little bit of rest now, I don't, I don't think you're going to see upper thirties very often. Um, it's definitely AD over LeBron, but LeBron is fine. He's, he's had some good games as well. Um, just know that you're probably only getting like 33, 34 minutes instead of 36, 37. Um, Reeves has had a rough start to the season. Like he just hasn't been shooting the ball well, which is generally something he does exceptional. Um, so I think there's upside with Reeves. Maybe we want the price to come down a little bit more, or maybe we want to see the good shooting game. Um, but I like Reeves is a player that I think can can put up some production in this spot. Um, it's just maybe he's a little bit too too high priced if he's still going to be struggling with the shot, but he does a little bit of, of assists and rebounds as well. Uh, Russell Price is, is about appropriate. I don't hate him as a play, but not somebody I'm, I'm seeking out. But 6,100, he's certainly playable. All right, finish the game or slate, not the game. Sacramento at Golden State, 234 and a half total here. Golden State, a seven-point favorite. Uh, Fox is out for Sacramento. Lyles is out. And then the Golden State side, Kaminga is out. Um, obviously, De'Aaron Fox being out is huge uh, for how the usage potentially spreads out here. Um, yeah, ankle sprain for De'Aaron Fox, so... I mean, Sabonis is 10-5. It's a tough, tough price tag. Do we go and try to find some value here with Sacramento, or do we pay up for Sabonis? Um, what are your first initial thoughts here? Yeah, a little bit of both, I think. Love this love this game environment. Um, 
Golden State hasn't played this fat that fast this season, but they played super fast last season. So I think we're going to see some regression there. Um, they currently rank 17th, but I think we're going to see them in the top 10 by the time the, the season is is done. Uh, so I do have a ton of interest in the Sacramento team without De'Aaron Fox. Um, I think Davion Mitchell is the guy that jumps into the starting lineup. I wish he was 3,800 instead of 4,800. Um, still think he's he's very playable. Could see 30 minutes in this spot. Just is he going to produce enough to pay off 4,800 is the question. Um, I, I will certainly have some exposure to it, though. I think Keegan Murray is really interesting as a guy who could pick up some usage in this spot. Like, don't get me wrong, Sabonis is the obvious target, but I'm I'm not in love with that price tag either. He could absolutely put up 50 or 60 in this spot without Fox, but I think Fox being out is not as big of a bump to him because they play so well together in like the pick and roll. Like that's how Sabonis gets up his easy shots. Um, so I think I'm looking more to the value guys. Uh, Keegan Murray is one that I wanted to mention, and Malik Monk off the bench potentially or more than likely um is a guy who can have massive usage uh he so like if Davion Mitchell doesn't get there it's probably because Malik Monk is playing well and just scoring a ton and he ends up getting 30 minutes and and leaves Mitchell at like 24 minutes um so I I like playing Monk or Mitchell uh would be my favorite targets I think in the spot one game sample size um but down the stretch in the overtime in that Lakers game Malik Monk had 13 fantasy points. Um, he was at 18 fantasy points. He had 13 fantasy points in overtime. Um, so, I mean, huge overtime for him. Some of that was because Fox went out. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, I mean, he just he, he showed up um, and played really good in that overtime. So, But my thing that I wanted to point out was who played point guard? Um, Barnes was on the floor. We know JaVale McGee didn't play point guard, obviously. Um, <laughs> Did Kevin Herter or Malik Monk play point guard? Um, I, I think, think it was prob- probably Monk. Because I don't think Keegan, maybe Keegan Murray, but I don't think Keegan Murray would be the point guard. So, like, no. maybe Monk starts instead of Mitchell. I mean, I think, they, I think they start Mitchell, but I think Monk could play more minutes. I think Monk plays, I think I like Monk way more um, in this yeah, spot. I'm with you. And, like, and I think his ownership might be down because maybe, I don't know if it'd be down, but like, the fact that he is what nine hundred dollars more than Mitchell is kind of nice. Um, I don't think they want to get like Duarte a ton of minutes, so I'm not too concerned about him. I really think it's going to be Monk or Mitchell. Um, if Mitchell starts, I have a ton of interest in Monk. I think Monk actually is the better play. Golden State side of this one. Oh, and really quick, you know, we started the show by opening and talking about like swapping. If you are playing Sabonis and you're behind, easy switch is to Anthony Davis. Um, just eat the cost. And I, I like Anthony Davis more than Sabonis for what it's worth anyway. But easy, easy pivot there. Uh, Golden State side of this one. I mean, with like Draymond coming back, like Chris Paul, he has a little bit of upside. I feel like we just are kind of patiently waiting for his price to come down now. Um, so... I think if anybody from Golden State, it's just, hey, Steph's going to have a big shooting game. Um, Clay Thompson's going to have a big shooting game type of thing. Like, you just get exposure to those guys. I think Draymond is okay price-wise, but I, I kind of want to see his minutes get up there a little bit more before I'm playing him. So not a ton of interest in the Golden State side of this game outside of just saying, hey, Clay or Steph's going to shoot lights out tonight. Yep, that's same thoughts. It's, it's Steph or Clay for me. 
for the reasons that you mentioned, Draymond is still on a minutes limit, uh, just 22 minutes in the last game. I don't see them pushing him. I'd like him in the upper 20s or the price to come down one of the two. Same thing with Chris Paul. Um, 25 minutes in the last game. Need him back down in that 6K price range that he opened the season at. Um, so out on those two guys. Wiggins is fine if you're looking for another piece in this game and not wanting to play up. I know it's been a really rough start to the season. Uh, but 6K for Andrew Wiggins, I don't mind that. Probably not getting to Looney. Um, it's yeah, it's it's Steph or Clay, no doubt, and Wiggins maybe is as a little sprinkle. All right, morning grind game, and then we will get out of here. Uh, favorite play: We're using DraftKings pricing and scoring. Favorite play: Under 5K to go 7x. We have options. Who do you got? Yeah, I've got Dav- Davion Mitchell written down here. I think he plays a ton of minutes, but we just t- we just broke that down. Like Malik Monk is a phenomenal play behind him as well. There are paths to him failing, uh, but I feel like he starts and plays 30 minutes. And that doesn't mean that, that Monk would fail in that spot either. It's a great spot for both of them, but I, I do like Davion, assuming he grabs a start. Mine's with the assumption that Dinwiddie and DSJ being doubtful both sit, and I'm going Lonnie Walker at 4,800. Love it. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? I'm going to go Damian Lillard. Uh, rough couple shooting games for him. He's got Giannis right there, and it's a. I just uh, don't like the game environment there against Toronto, who has played at the slowest pace in the NBA so far this season. It's weird. We're gonna we're gonna stay on the same team here. I'm gonna go Giannis. Um, I'm playing Sabonis, SGA, Curry, Tatum, Jokic, Luca over Giannis today. Um, I think Giannis is one of the best players in the NBA. I don't think he's worth 11K in DFS, so I'm not going to be playing him a lot. That team's too good. Lillard takes up the chunk, and I just don't see these guys getting there until their prices come down. Like I think there's a point where we're going to get Giannis at like 9,500, and we're going to be like, we have to play him now. <laughs> yeah. Um, 6X play. Who's your favorite 6X play today? Uh, I'm going Brooklyn with this one. Cam Thomas has just been just the dude can just score. There's no doubt about it. He's shown us that Miami is not a matchup. I love the target, but if Jimmy were to sit in this one, it's, it becomes a, a much better spot for Cam as well. So uh, with Jimmy questionable, Cam Thomas still 6,600 and dude just gets buckets. Gets buckets. I'm going to go to Sangoon. Um, I like this spot a lot. We talked about it. I think this is a phenomenal spot. I think he has 50-plus point upside today, and um, I think his price is kind of going to push the ownership down a little bit. I I like Sangoon a lot today. Uh, Let's get weird GPP play of the day. Not having ownership night before is always tough for this one, but hey, let's get weird. Who do you think is going to be low-owned that can get the job done? Yeah, going to one of my favorite game environments of the slate, a guy that comes off the bench, but the usage has been incredible. Uh, Give me Brandon Miller against Houston. Love this spot for him. Keith Keith knows me. He he just knows <laughs> me. Um <laughs> the exact name I had written down. Give me a second. Um I'm gonna go. All right, I'm gonna I don't know if how weird this is, but let's go back to the well on double J. Jalen Johnson for Atlanta. Kind of disappointed the other night. I think this is a great game environment. Washington and Atlanta, I think it's gonna be really fast paced. I think there's opportunity in this game. Um, so let's go with uh Jalen Johnson. I think his ownership goes through the roof if Trey Young sits uh, for what it's worth. But as of right now, um, he's going I'm going with because blame Keith. It's Keith's fault. He took my play. 
Uh, yeah, I know. 13 games late, and he took my let's give <laughs> That is pretty so, insane. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, um, especially yeah. he knows how much I love Brandon Miller, and he knows that I was going to pick him for that. He's like, hey, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I, I won't lie. like I had him written down before we started the podcast, but when we were talking about that game, you made a comment about he could go 6 or 7x, and I was like, oh, shit. It's, Stevie's going to be ah, I'm going to be on him. It's Either your 6x play or your GP play. I, I figured you might. He's he's so talented, and like there's yeah. so much opportunity for him in this offense with that second unit and stuff. I just and they're letting him like this early in the season already letting him like close games and play like big minutes. Like he's I good, just, man. He's really good. Um, and like Charlotte needs someone like that. Gordon Hayward's getting older. Um, I was just looking at Pickham. We typically do like a, a Pickham. Um, there's not a ton of stuff out yet. We gave out a couple to pay attention to as we were going Capella here. Rebounds, definitely. Yep. So Capella rebounds. Uh, who's oh Schroeder's assists? You know, so pay attention to that. Um, I, I can't I can't do it night before if they don't have them up. So hope everyone enjoyed. I know it was a longer show. Um, these NBA slates when they're thirteen games, I can't wait till we get into this rhythm of like seven eight games a night. That can't I can't wait. It'd be fantastic. Um, <laughs> getting two games and 13 games and two games and 14 games is just a lot. So um, that's going to wrap it up for Wednesday back tomorrow. We got two podcasts. We got football uh, week nine, week nine, right? Yep. Worst NFL slate of the year. And then <laughs> we got NBA as well. So we'll have both podcasts on YouTube. So if you haven't subscribed, turn on notifications, do all that. Rotor Grinders Morning Grind YouTube page. And I hope everyone has a fantastic Wednesday back tomorrow. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.